Welcome to Black Girl Manifest Podcast. I am Brittany. And I am Anika. And thank you for joining us on our first episode. Uh, we've been kind of wanting to start a podcast together collectively for a minute. And I know for myself that I let fear get in the way. And I've heard a lot of people, especially like my favorite podcasters, ha- talk about how hard it was to start a podcast, how hard it is. Uh, and I think I let, well, I know I let that cloud of fear and uh, judgment in what they had to say since they're a little bit seasoned cloud my thoughts. But every time me and Nika got on the phone together, I felt like, damn, we should have recorded this conversation. Like, this was some real good shit. What, you, what do you think, Anika? Yeah, definitely. We've had um, plenty of conversations just, you know, being ourselves, laughing, and also talking about stuff that we, you know, think could really help people. And at the same time, it's just we, we have a good time together. So definitely thought we should take this, make a podcast, and let somebody else hear it. Yes. So our podcast is going to kind of be, um, we're going to be breaking generational curses, talking about that a couple of guests here and there we're going to talk about living life as a grown ass black ass woman um I hate being an adult I hate being grown up uh this the most ghetto shit I've ever done I'm over it um and then we'll talk about how we're gonna navigate through the highs and the lows of life but also being determined not to be stuck in the lows um so yeah so I think we're going to introduce ourselves. Anika, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, Like I mentioned before, my name is Anika. Um, Brittany and I have known each other for, well, we've been pretty much best friends for what, at one time we were saying 15 years, but time has passed, so it's got to have been like 17 by now. Nobody A little bit longer than that. So, yeah, we always lose track, but it's been forever. So I met Brittany in church. We all went to church together, and um, I was new. I think she was pretty new, if I can't remember, but I just know I was newer at the time, and I remember you sitting beside me in church, and she was like, y'all, she was smacking the hell out of this gum. (laughs) And I was like, this gum got to be good. Like, I want a piece. But I wasn't offended. I was just like, damn, homegirl is really going to town. So that is how I remember, like, <laughs> looking at her and knowing who she was. Because that was the chick that was chewing the gum so hard. But um, not sure how we started actually talking. I don't know if it was there. But from then on out, um, we were pretty much inseparable at church. So mm-hmm. Brittany was my ace. So that's pretty yeah, much our girl. backstory. It's my boo. Look, I thought it was some kind of, like, bis- I knew about the gum story. But I, di- I didn't know, like, hey, girl, like, how we start? Let's let's be friends. I can't remember that. Um, you know what? That escapes me, but maybe it's not important. I don't know. It's I, not. All that matters is we together now. That's all that matters. We stuck like glue now. That's all that matters. Yes. So. Okay. So I'm Brittany. I am of auntie age now. I just realized yesterday uh, no, I realized this morning when I was doing a puzzle at 11.33 this morning, I was like, oh, bitch, you are auntie now. This this is auntie status. I was... Hold up. You was doing a puzzle this morning? <laughs> yes. What were you doing, girl? I had a cup of rum. This early? You know what? I actually just came from the market with my aunt. Um, shout out to my aunt, Angela. Um, hey, auntie. I just had, we just, her, actually one of her friends was selling rum at this um, flea market, and mm-hmm. so we went there to support it, and, and she bought me a bottle of rum. Oddly enough, how random. Look, we always on the, can't, I'm, we, somebody, <laughs> always doing, on the same, like, oh, wavelength. Y'all, this is, <laughs> I tell Nika all the time, like, she is really my soulmate. Like, we do too many things together, and then for us to be so far apart. So, Anika's in Maryland, and I am in South Carolina. Um, but we met in Memphis. She was new to Memphis. I was not so new to Memphis, but I was, I didn't, before I met Anika and we had a mutual friend, before I met them, I didn't really have any friends. So you were kind of like my guiding light in like, 
I'm just going to hold and cherish this friendship so much because, you know, I didn't have anybody. But for us to be so far apart, we're like, we be on the same shit all of the time. It's crazy. It's, it, I mean, same. It, it's, it's scary. But, yeah. So, anyway, back to this puzzle, auntie. <laughs> <laughs> so, I went to Paducah. Dollar Tree. And I was originally going to get a puzzle for the baby. And because I just want to kind of like expand his horizons a little bit. So, y'all, mm-hmm. I have three kids, 13, 11, and three. So, I wanted to expand a three-year-old's horizons a little bit. So, it's like, you know what? I'm going to get him a puzzle. So, I ended up getting him two puzzles because, you know, a dollar. And then I was like, hmm, I, I haven't done a puzzle in a long time. So, I just picked a puzzle up for me. Actually, I picked two puzzles up for me. And... I just started doing it at 1133. I was like, oh, girl, you, you don't got no friends in Charleston. You don't have nothing. You, your kids don't want to be bothered with you because it's too early. Nobody but Carson. My husband was asleep. So, yeah, I was doing a puzzle at 1133 and drinking some rum. That's what's up. Which though. I'm still, that I'm drinking now still. Okay. No judgment here. Mm-hmm. I'm about to have me a sip in here in just a minute. Okay. But, yeah, like I said, I have three children. Um, I am really open about, you know, my parenting or whatever. I had my daughter when I was 20, then I had my son, and then we had Carson later on in the game, and he's the one who runs the house. Um, what else? I am, I'm just cool as hell, I feel like, you know. I can't really describe myself because I don't, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I it is what it is. I'm trying to learn how to not describe myself as a mother, though. Like, that's not my only role and my only purpose in life, so. Yes, that is. I can I can see that. So, with that being said, what we're going to do is we prepare questions for each other so you guys can get to know us a little bit better. Um, I think that'll give you guys um, a better view of our personality. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess I'll go first or Brittany, do you want to go ask me first? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can go first. Sure. I will. So my first question for Brittany is if you could undo anything you've done, decisions you've made thus far, what would it be and why? Um, Hmm. I don't know if I want to say I really want to undo anything um, because I try to live in a space with no regrets because if you live in a space with regrets, that means you're in the past. So if I could, if, if one thing that I could really undo, it would be, probably be listening to my mama more when she said certain things and when she told me about people that she felt like she didn't get good vibes from. Um... I would have listened a little bit more. I, I, I was a teenager and didn't think my mama was, you know, you don't think your mama's right as a teenager. It's like, uh, girl, you don't know nothing. They my friend. They this, that. That's my boyfriend. This, this, this my boo, whatever. Um, but, you know, mama is typically almost right about everything. So I would just um, wish I had the knowledge to understand what she was talking about then but I don't think I would really undo anything because it's made me the person that I am now and I feel like I'm a warrior I feel like you know the shit that I've been through I can I can't nobody fuck with me (laughs) yes girl (laughs) so I wouldn't necessarily undo anything and the one what people probably think that I would undo is I, I wouldn't undo that Okay. And that will probably be the, you know, who my my oldest kid, kid's father is. But, you know, I'm married, and these are all my husband's kids. So that, that person doesn't even know. Okay. <laughs> that girl. We're going to have to put that on the T-shirt. These are my husband's kids. <laughs> okay. So my first question to you, Anika, is if you could give your 13-year-old self advice, what would you say? Again, with us being on the same wavelength all the time, it's funny that you said about listening to your mom because if I had to tell my 13-year-old self anything, it would be to actually just pay more attention to um, 
people's energy and be more observant of uh, people's personalities and their intentions being around mm-hmm. you. I just, that's something you typically, and maybe it's just not a typical 13-year-old thing to do. You're young, you just, you know, impressionable, but I would pay more attention. I would tell myself to just be more cognizant and aware of people's energy and their intentions because that would have just saved me so much headache. Yeah. So that's definitely what I would have said. I would say now, like, as a mother of a 13-year-old, um, I definitely, like, I don't know how your mom broke it down, and I can't, I'm sure my mom broke it down a little bit more, but when I can't remember, just, like, she's not your friend, basically, or this ain't right. good for you, or that ain't good for you, it's like, okay, but now, like, if I see, my, my daughter makes really good decisions, so, um, when she comes to me for advice, you know, I try to break it down the best way I can, it's just like, no, nah, girl, don't don't do that just because I said so. It's just like, okay, well, I don't think this is a good idea because this could happen, this could happen, and this could happen. Like, I think we need to be, you know, a little bit more knowledgeable and open with our kids a little bit, you know. Exactly, and that's and and so with with that being said, like, it's easy to just brush something off if your mom's telling you, oh, well, this person's no good, no good, but they're not actually giving you any type of mm-hmm. reasons. It's just kind of like, listen to me, so had you know I was able to if had I been able to tell myself you know pay attention to their energy and their intentions that would have made me reflect on it on my own so it would have been a decision I would have easily been able to come to it's just not something that's in the back of your mind to think of so okay yes. so I have a, a B part of that question so if you were you know knew about people's energies and stuff like that and then your mom would say you know Anika don't mess with this person because of x y and z do you think that you would have actually listened or do you think that would have pushed you further away? Like, girl, I got this. I know everything. Had she, had I paid attention to their energy, you're saying? Yeah. Well, not, well, yeah, paid attention. If you, if you were informed about energy and stuff then, or she gave you a detailed reason to why you shouldn't mess with this person or be aware of this or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I mean, I really can't say I'm, I'm not in the same, of course, space as I was in then, so, but who's to say how I would have reacted to that? But I definitely know it's something that would have just programmed my thinking differently mm-hmm. than just to say, you know, I don't like this person or you shouldn't hang out because they're not good for you without you. Because obviously you haven't seen anything because you're not paying attention. So I, wow. I don't know. I mean, I would hope that it would make me listen, but I just know it would have got my thinking going a little bit differently. And that would have helped me just, you know, with any relationship going forward. So. Yeah, a lot of heartache, child. I tell you this. Mm, Chile. <laughs> um, okay, so Brittany, are you ready for your next question? Yes. All right. So, name one goal that you are working to accomplish this year. Okay. So, one goal, like for the end of 2019, or for 2020. Um. Well, what had happened was these questions were written earlier, so you can take that. You can make that twenty twenty. So that's fine. Since this year is almost over. Okay. So one goal I'm looking to have accomplished by the end of twenty twenty is to be debt free. Oh, awesome! I don't want the shackles no more, Lord. I don't oh. want the shackles no more, Lord. Ain't that tight? Please, Lord, no more shackles. <laughs> and I want to be able to be um. Be debt free and be knowledgeable to like, so I can, um, the money that I get in, like, yes, I'm going to save it, but I want to be able to, you know, learn about investing, um, know a little bit more about the stock market, um, you know, that kind of stuff. I want to leave money for my kids. I don't want them to have to be like, you know, if something happens to me, but all right, so, you know, we ain't got no money after mama died. What's, what's next? So be debt free and leave start to leave a message for my kids Mm, that's a good one yeah okay so your next question is what's the best piece of advice you have received at your current age to be honest um I don't know if this was in my 30s I know it wasn't at my current age but it could have been when I was 28 29 but I'm gonna have to say that 
just and I don't remember who told me this, so I don't know if it's just something I learned. I really feel like somebody said this, but it's anyway, it is just to pick your battles. And that just goes mm. so far from every aspect of life because you could be putting your energy and focusing on the wrong thing. And it's so easy, but everything doesn't deserve your atten- your energy and attention. Again, there's energy again. Um, but just to pick your battles, like, you know what I mean? Like everything is not something you need to pursue. And you just need to kind of determine, you know, what actually deserves it and what doesn't. Because, yeah. I wish a 20-year-old me Mm. could have learned that. (laughs) I wish I would have, you know, learned how to pick my battles in the 20s, child. Because when I tell you I was an angry soul, angry. I I think that just comes with age and experience and knowing that, okay, after you know making everything an issue or choosing to you know react to everything it's draining so it's 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 important that you save your energy time and attention for things that actually matter yes 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 yes. all right so next question to you Mm -hmm. um what has having kids taught you about yourself and then and then i'll ask part two okay Having kids has taught me, like, if you can have kids, you can do anything. If you can have kids and keep these kids alive and don't know what you're doing, like, nobody tell you, like, yes, people give you your own, you know, unsolicited advice all the time about, oh, well, you should, okay, so, I'm going to say this. She got to go off, (laughs) y'all. Fair warning. So... My husband, who I've been with for 10 years, we haven't been married 10 years, but, you know, I've been with him 10 years. My son is 11, so he literally has been with my son since he's, you know, been one year old. And um, we had somebody close to us. Um, My son calls my husband by his first name. And we had, you know, we were sitting at dinner or whatever, and they told me oh he calls him dad and I said no he calls him by his name and she was like oh no he needs to call him dad he needs to do this he needs to learn respect and this and this and blah 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 Mm. so you know I kind of let her go on about you know what she was gonna say because first of all you don't know my household second of all if my husband is okay with it then what does this have to do with anybody else they don't even have shit to do with me if he's okay with calling him a damn boo-boo, whatever, that's their business, not mine. As long as he's not, like, outwardly disrespecting him, then what? whatever works for our family works for our family. But literally, like, people do not give you a guidebook on how to parent kids or whatever. You just learn that shit on the fly. And for me, parenting um, has been the most rewarding thing, period. Like, it's um, I, I don't know if I didn't have kids, would I still be doing the same shit I was doing before? Would I still be angry all the time? Would I still be, you know, just being reckless or whatever? Like, having kids has brought some generational curses that have been broken. I mean, I'm breaking genera- generational curses because of my children. Um, So, that has been the most rewarding experience, having kids. And that's that's been the best thing that could ever taught me okay and then part two of that question is also what did you learn with each one of your children okay so okay what did I learn with Maya with Maya I learned that I could be strong and I can be independent and I could be uh, fierce and I could step up to the plate mm. um, with Malik I learned that I need to be loving Hmm. and more patient and more kind. And with Carson, I've learned that you take life how it is. He don't, Carson don't care about nothing. Like, let it roll off your back. Care for, like, just being a parent to a toddler is just something totally different. 
And as much as he has me running and he get up at 7 o'clock on Saturdays, it's like, okay, we're rolling <laughs> with the punches. Let's go, you know. So that's what I can say they've all taught me right now. I'm sure I'll learn something different along the way. It's funny that you say um, one of your children was, you know, Malik, it taught you how to be more patient and loving because most people, and especially people that don't have children, and I think overall people say that, you know, when you do have children, that that loving and stuff comes naturally. Can mm-hmm. you speak on that and how it relates to, like, well, the fact that you had to learn that? Um, uh, well, when I had Malik, I was at a time in my life where everything was, like, kind of in in disarray and in shambles. Um, so I was not in a space where I wanted to love anybody, to be honest. I was mm. really going through it. And I'm going to be completely honest and completely transparent. And me and you have talked about this before, but I've never said this outwardly. Like, it's hard to sometimes look at him and parent him sometimes because he looks just like his father and he acts like his father. His mannerisms are like his father. And so to a certain degree, it irritates me sometimes. It makes me so annoyed. Like, but I have to learn that I learned this in therapy. He's a child, first of all. And just like he has some of his father's mannerisms, he has some of my mannerisms as well. And that may be some mannerisms that I'm not ready to deal with yet, you know? Mm. So I, I, and this is something that I'm currently learning how to be more loving and more touching. Like I'm, Malik likes to touch me and hug and, you know, all this. And I'm not that type of person, like, baby I my husband had to beg me to hug him sometimes and I love that man to death I love him to death but I've never seen you know my grandparents hug and kiss each other and that was on you know my mother and my father's side I didn't see my mom and dad be affectionate to each other so this is something that's you know very foreign to me so just having Malik Malik is my special child so it's just I think I needed him the most because I needed to learn how to deal with my softer side and how to be compassionate and stuff. It's not easy. Like, um, people think you have a kid and it's just supposed to be like, all right, so now you're a mama. You're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. And like I said earlier, nobody teaches you how to do this. It's like, okay, so now I got a kid that's waking up at two o'clock in the morning where I'm two days ago before I had the baby, I was sleeping all night, you know? Mm. So it's just, it's a dramatic, dramatic, dramatic change. Not just physically, but, and spiritually, but fucking emotionally. It's totally, nobody can prepare you to be a mom. And seriously, like, it's one of the most rewarding things I've done, but every day I'm learning something different. Every day. Awesome. All right, so my question for you is, again, we on the same wavelength. Do you have any regrets? And if so, would you alter any of them and why? So, I know you shouldn't live in the past, but I actually do. Um, I don't dwell on it, but if you know, since we're talking about it, I have two things that I wish I would have done differently. Um, mm-hmm. First thing would have been, I wish I, when I was in college, I would have been more into networking instead of just trying mm-hmm. to go to school, let me do my work, and go to a party and. And now it's just time to graduate now. Like, I wish I would have been more active in networking with people to make the most of my education. Like, I just didn't learn that that was important until it was too late. You know, mm-hmm. So that's one thing I wish I would have done differently. Also, um, I wish I would have um, kind of... So Brittany and I are newlyweds. Both of us have been married for like a year, a little over a year. Um, Mm -hmm. And one thing that a lot of people tell me and that I know for sure, you know, that I wish I would have done differently is just kind of speak with each other beforehand about your expectations for what Mm -hmm. life would look like afterwards. And so Mm -hmm. I think we just, you know, assume that we're going to, you know, mirror ourselves unknowingly after 
something that's just pre-existing in our head without talking to the other person about it so what happens is after you guys you know cross that line it's kind of like you're met with reality which is nothing like what you had in your head and nobody discussed anything so it's just it's just it's just interesting that you know you wouldn't think to discuss that I know I didn't beforehand and just kind of like plan it out rather than okay we just see how it is and we just you know you do this this way and I do it that way and we just learn you know figure it out along the way so just much to you know had discussed expectations beforehand so it makes for a smoother so everybody can tell you everything else but they're not telling you that so mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah uh, we're gonna have a wedding episode a wedding marriage oh yes <laughs> we can talk about you know the journey both of our journeys because we both had yeah. quite the journey before Baby. and leading up to oof, and 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 it, it was so unnecessary but anyway we won't even go into that Baby, listen, I'm, I'm still fighting mad. But anyway, <laughs> like people, like like you said, people. <laughs> this girl, yeah. People would tell you, like you know, make sure you communicate, make sure you do this, make sure you do that, and da 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 da. Okay, but okay, so now we husband and wife. What's next? Like, exactly. <laughs> like and yeah, I I wish I would have talked to Car about expectations as well. He's you know, it's it's not that anything he really expects me to do anything, but I, I think we should have had that conversation as well. Yeah. It's important to have that, like, because um, marriage, like, I don't think people really think that marriage changes things, because I've heard of people, a couple of people say, well, if you've been together so long, then what's the difference? Oh, but it do. It's just a piece of paper. Oh. It's just a piece of paper. No, Shawty, that shit change, okay? It changed. It changed. <laughs> it changed. <laughs> Definitely change. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it's my turn, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Next to the last question. Okay. So, what is something that you've had to unlearn as an adult? Something that you, you know, you've had to just unlearn. Mm. One that sticks out to the top of my head is, um, you don't have to whoop your kids to get your point across. Mm. Um, and you've had to unlearn that because you learned that in order to get your point across that they had, you had to physically yeah. whoop their ass. Yeah. So, um, I think the last time my kids got a whooping was like maybe four years ago. And I feel like that's just, that's too short of a time as well. It's like, but you were taught, like, if you did something bad, if you bought bad grades home, if you did this, you did that, you drank up all the juice in the refrigerator. I'm, you're getting a whooping and you know it wasn't more of my mom because I don't I can really remember one one or two times my mama whooped me that wasn't her at all it was more of my dad and um my dad was abusive anyway so he always tried to exert his power over us so if you did anything that you know simply got on his nerves that day you was getting a whooping and mm. I remember one time like my mom had already whooped me and then my daddy came home and whooped me, and he whooped me to the point where I was bleeding. And I was like, this ain't like, Oof. but you love me, though. You're supposed to love me, right? So I had to remember, I had to rem- um, I had to unlearn that as an adult. Like, one time I, I think I had whooped Malik, and when I whooped him, I was upset at the time. I was, you know, he had done something or broke something or whatever. But I was already irritated in the first place. And after, you know, after I woke up, I was like, you know, that, that was not right. That was not cool. Like, you was already frustrated and mad at something else. Like, so at that point, I learned, like, that's just a way to exert power over children because they're already small and they're defenseless. You know, who what kid you know going to hit their mom and daddy? So it just, that's not a form of love to me. Um, but I will say this. I will tap your hand if you in something that you ain't supposed to be in, i.e. Uh, Carson. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I feel like that's a little bit different. Yeah. But like um, beating your kids, that's a, that's that's something I have to unlearn. So when you said you got a whooping first, you said your dad whooped you first or your mom whooped you first and then which My one? mama whooped me first. 
So, but a lot of us have heard like, you do something, I'm gonna whoop your ass, and then your daddy got like, I know mm-hmm. a lot of us have heard that, and it's, it's supposed to be like, oh, well, she don't play, she's really stern, but is that really necessary? Like, I just it's personally not. feel like if you are, you know, if you talk, kids can talk and they can understand. And, you know, while we grew up in the church, spare, spare the rod, spoil the child mentality, yeah. it's kind of like you talk, that's what you're supposed to do. But then you're thinking, like, how effective is that? You know what I mean? Like, I've seen plenty of children that get their ass whooped and they're still bad as shit. So, I mean. They're still bad. They're clearly. Still bad. So explain how that works. So I can, you know, I can go and tell them, you know, I'm disappointed in you. And that would just make them like, damn, like, I disappointed my mama. I, I'll take your PlayStation away, sir. I'll take your Xbox away, ma'am. Like, I'm not going to, I just don't feel the need to put my hands on kids. They, they, you can have a conversation with kids because um, they're human as well. But listen, we tell, we go to school, we, we send our kids to school and tell them, you know, if somebody hits you, you better hit them back. Don't you, don't you let nobody hit on you. But then you, your child comes home and then you, you hitting on them. Make that make sense. Make that make sense. So sure. like um after I got that whooping from my dad, after my mom had whooped me, I think we went over to my grandma's house, and I instantly told my grandma because you know that's what grandma for. I'ma tell it to grandma, <laughs> and she like saw all those whoops on my thighs and my butt, and she let him have it. And I think that's the last time I got a whooping before my mom and dad got divorced. Mm. Well, that's the last time I got a whooping. Period. I believe. Was that your dad's mom? Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. She but she tore into him, tore into him good. But I was still scared because you know I was like, damn, I gotta go home with him. What he gonna do? You know. Right. Anywho, we gonna talk about daddy lessons later too. Oh yes. <laughs> What's an important life lesson that has shaped you into the woman that you are now? I would say just over time learning that you really can't depend on people and especially like you can't make somebody you for example if I would you know I feel like I'm a pretty trustworthy um, do what I say type of person and when I say something Mm -hmm. I mean it but I can't necessarily expect everybody to operate in that manner because it's just not always so. So I would, I would definitely, I've learned to just, you know, everybody's different. And also just not set yourself up for failure by, you know, kind of expecting things or depending on um, people to come through because they don't always at all. So that has just shaped me into, now to the point where sometimes if there are people around me that are willing to be helpful in whatever ways whether it's feedback whether it's you know whatever I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not it's hard for me to ask for help because I'm shaped into you can't depend on anybody anyways you have to do it yourself so although that can be you know annoying I just feel like with that mentality I'm never I guess it's hard to be let down when you always expecting mm-hmm. the worst anyway so well not the worst but just not even like oh I know she's gonna for real do it she's gonna you know what I mean just kind of like just just having a realistic grasp on all expectations as far as when it comes to people because they're not you so yeah. so your expectations of people is like super super low like on a scale of one to ten what's your expectation of people girl like a three heading into a four child maybe because I'm trying yeah, you know, to get probably... in a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. I'm heading into a Ford, okay? <laughs> so, I'm doing well, good. Then I think as, you know, we get older, I think we realize that not everybody, like you said, not everybody move how you move. Not everybody acts with integrity. Not everybody cares about you the way you care about you. Right. So, I think that might have something to do with it, too. Yes. Okay, so Brittany, um, all right, so the last question, this is, I didn't realize we were on the last one already. Okay, the last question is, what would you pick as your ultimate favorite meal with all the fixings? And I mean, you could go in. Baby, baby, <laughs> baby. We love food, okay. Baby, give me some uh, crab legs, 
Oh, of course, yes. I'll take an unlimited supply of crab legs. What kind, mm-hmm. sis? Oh, give me some king crab. Thank you, please. And y'all can go ahead and put some uh, juicy crab, the you know, some garlic butter, mild seasoning mm-hmm. on it as well, please. Thank you. Then I'm going to take it on home to Memphis. Give me uh, a 10, no, not a 10 piece, a three piece tender meal from Ching's, honey hot with some fried okra. Give me that. Ooh. With some orange mound punch. Okay, so tell the people what orange mound punch is because I myself don't even really know what it is. Orange mound punch is like Kool Aid on steroids. So it's like they have, I think they have a, like a blue lemonade kind too. I know it's a different name for it, but it's like it's not overly sweet, but it's like oof, this this hit the, it, when they say sugar is like cocaine. That's what they <laughs> that's what it is. So it's kind of, it's just like really, depending on who make your Kool-Aid sometimes, it's kind of be kind of watery, but this orange mountain punch kind of like thick, not syrupy, but kind of just like, mm, this is good. I can't really explain it. It's good. Next time you in Memphis, you need to go to Chains and get some orange mountain punch. I plan on it and I'm going to get some wings too, because I never just went to Chains to stop by. I've always had it. Somebody had it or whatever, but I definitely... I, I really miss... care for the wings at Chings. Get really? Your chicken tenders. No, no. But you know, I'm not like a tender girl. I'm I'm a I'm a bone in. Like, give me the bone so I can. Baby, that... I ain't got time to be working around that bone. I give just feel like <laughs> I feel like meat tastes better with the bone in it. I don't know. You could be right. That's just me. Okay, what else okay. would I have? Because you said let me get a let me get a real decadent uh, red velvet cake. Super mm-hmm. moist. Put put some pecans on top of it. Um, and I think that's about it. So we got king crab legs with some mm-hmm. cheese tenders and some mm-hmm. fried okra. We got the Kool-Aid uh, knock you out punch. Or no, orange round punch. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> well, it's going to knock you out. It's going to put you into a diabetic coma. Okay, no problem. Cause... Mm-hmm. And then the red velvet cake with the pecans. Okay. That's a real. That's a real. That's a word. Sounds but keep good. the crab legs coming. Like don't don't stop. I, I want them. I want them all. So she want a bottomless king crab. What the hell? Yeah. Okay. That you know what? We gonna we gonna make that happen one day. Oh Lord! Oh, throw some corn in the bag and some some potatoes too. This bitch again fancy. Just give me a crab. Just give me a crab leg bag. I had that last weekend, and I woke up this morning, and my husband told me no. So. I'm kind of my feelings about it. My feelings about it, I think. Yeah, keep them coming. Keep them coming. Okay, my last question for you is what is your most embarrassing story? Well, I have quite a few, but the one that comes to my head right away is okay, so this is back when. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So this is my probably freshman, I say, for, you know, yeah, it's probably freshman or sophomore year of college. We were just taking classes to boost our GPA, like stupid shit at that time. So we took, we were taking, um, me and a couple of my friends, we took like a, some type of um, workout physical education class, not sure. But at some point at the end of the class, it was it was like five of us who knew each other in the class, so we were kind of like spread out. And at the end, just like any other workout class, like you know, you do your stretches or whatever. So I don't know what we were doing because it wasn't yoga, but it was like it was a stretch to you know a cool down stretch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I had been holding this in for the whole class, and when I tell you, my body let one rip, and it was like in a big gym. <laughs> I was like. That came from me, and then to make to make matters worse, my friend at the time, Margaret, she gonna say who we call butter. She was like, "Did you do that? Is that you, Nika?" <laughs> and I think she—I don't know if she knew it really was me or if she was just trying to put it on me to make me embarrassed. Well, either the case was, everybody realized it was me, and your girl was in burst. Okay, oh let I my body betrayed me. Listen. Never happened again. It be your own body. I was so embarrassed. I was like, wow, 
this whole everybody and everybody, you know, everybody laughed like, who is this? I'm like, yeah, we all fart, but at the time it just seemed like the worst thing in the world. So fucking embarrassing. Wow. Okay, I'll tell an embarrassing story so I won't so you won't be hanging out here by yourself. I don't know. Do you remember we was working at the summer camp at church? Of course you remember. But um, of course, we were of age and we had cycles and all that kind of stuff because we were teenagers. And so, you know, I had gone to the bathroom and took care of what I need to take care of. And I came back out and we were playing double dutch with the kids. And it was my turn to jump. Like, because we all had a line. So, you know, I'm jumping the double dutch. Oh, Lord. And the damn tampon paper <gasps> came out of my leg. <laughs> And I want to say it was Alan. He was like, look at that. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I ran back into the bathroom. And um, I think a couple of y'all chased after me. And I was like, I'm just so embarrassed. And now, mind you, like, I had just started using tampons and didn't know how to use them. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I remember that. Oddly enough, I remember that, but I, I actually don't remember. I never did see the paper drop. I just, it was like chatter. People talk about it because usually when something happens, my ass is always the last one to get it. I'm, who knows? But I didn't actually see it. I just saw like the commotion around it and then I remember Listen. running after you. Girl, so wait, the paper, like, you know, you ripping it open, the paper. So, since, I don't did you know try- how the paper got in there. I don't know if I tried to shove the whole damn tampon up there with the paper and all. I don't know what happened. That girl was like, this is how it works. I'm a grown-ass woman and <laughs> I never <laughs> hey, this is this is what I'm going to, this is how I do my tampon. Look, I'm saving waste. I ain't, All paper will be conserved. It's going up there. I don't oh, know. What, then, you know, it was So did the tampon, boys. the tampon didn't come out though. Like, what when you no, went back, it didn't come out. Okay. It was just like the the rapper. And you know, like as a what 16, 15, 16 year old girl, it's like, wow, my tampon paper really fell out in front of these boys. Even though, you know, I don't they're not attracted to me anyway. I don't care what they look like, but wow. Like Well, I you had a really... skirt on? Right? You have a skirt or dress? Oh yeah, sure. Oh, <laughs> wow how embarrassing oh, yeah. now that was definitely embarrassing I don't, I don't know if that was yeah that's, that's, I think you're a little bit worse though well you know I don't know what y'all think cause that I mean farting versus your whole your tampon paper coming out like that's I think that's like a teenage boy's dream to oh your tampon your period I don't know. Either way, I probably, because even in that situation, I was looking for the biggest rock to hide under. Mm. Oh, gosh. Super embarrassing. Yeah, it was embarrassing. But I learned my lesson. I learned how to put one in properly. (laughs) I bet you did. I learned how to throw the paper away and trick twice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you had to learn it some days. I mean, Cause it could have, it could have, you could have just now been learning it. <laughs> okay, maybe not. I would hope you figure it out by then. For shame, for shame. Okay, so let me tell you about. Um, why do so? I went to Walmart this morning, and I was kind of like walking in the middle of the aisle, and there was nobody else in the aisle. Why did this? person and before you ask yes they were oh man <laughs> thought that I was gonna move for her ma'am it's a whole aisle it's a whole aisle you can you can easily walk around me I just stood there like what what you want me to do sis am I they really be moving like with the behavior like you supposed to really bow down to them and move when they you know come in your way like this sir this is and ma'am this is not 1860 i'm not we're not doing this i'm gonna start a charm school for all of them and this is class is in session okay 
Hear ye, hear ye. I'm not moving, sis. You can walk around and you'll be okay. But you know what? I don't, I, it's just like, it's just, we can talk about this another episode, but it is really bad. Like, it's almost like it's ingrained in them. It's like, yeah. And and rather than saying, excuse me, they would even rather have a small, I've even had been forced into a small, um, the little small talk conversations about, it's really tight in here, huh? Yeah, but you couldn't say excuse me. So I'm that's li- literally since I don't need a conversation from you, I just needed you could say excuse me because you really all up on me. And you know me, I'm I didn't say shit. Right, I'm just looking like, oh, okay, girl. I just don't understand. Like, why are y'all just so what's the word I'm looking for? It's rude, it is inconsiderate, it's rude, it's really rude. Like, who the who are you? Because it's entitlement. Ugh. Okay. So. Yeah. So this this come on come on, Brittany. This is this is our this is the last segment that we are going to talk about today. Um, in a segment we like to call. If niggas ain't gonna have shit else, they're gonna have the what? The audacity. Audacity. The audacity. And she had the audacity today. And when when we say niggas, we mean white, black, orange, brown, purple, light skin, dark skin, uh, boy, girl, man, woman, non-binary, gender fluid, all them. Because all of it, it go for everybody. Everybody is a nigga. Everybody can be a nigga. So, so. yeah, just ugh. So that was your. <laughs> niggas got the audacity moment yes cause they do like come on now so mine is gonna be off of TV I don't watch a whole lot of TV but I keep up with the housewives for sure it's you know show. I mean I just can't help it I I love the housewives but anyway so on one of I, I believe it was like the second episode and you know are you caught up yes I am caught mm-hmm. up um I think it was the second episode where Kenya was FaceTiming her um, her husband, mm. her child's father, and he was just knowing, like, you know, she wants them to be in the same city. They're, um, I guess they're, they live in pretty much two different cities. So anyway, whenever he calls, like, you can hear him just being so judgmental to all her decisions. The first thing he's going to say is, what's going on with her hair? Like, and then every little thing she said next was something to be critiqued and picked. And I'm like, so, but you're not even here. Right. So you got the audacity. I'm FaceTiming your black ass. You got the audacity to to say, I mean, there's nothing wrong with her hair. She literally had like a little part on the side. It was nothing like crazy. It was just, it looked like it, it had just, just been brushed. Remember. Yeah. I mean, I mean, whatever. It's just like, why would that be the thing you say? Like, and I know the cameras are edited and they, you know, they're going to make for what's the best drama. But, nigga, you really got the audacity when you're not even here to help me with this child to right. say this and that. Like, niggas. And then, they're... not even that, he was like, she was like, so when you come home, he was like, I don't know, we'll see. Sir, excuse me? Ad- another audacity moment. We'll see. We will see. What are we going to see, though? <laughs> not you. Not you. Not you, because you're never home. <sighs> we can see these papers, Lord, because I can't. Okay. Yeah, that, that that right there, he definitely had a lot of nerve to even criticize her. She just, you could tell she kind of like, I just don't look at her like, you know, she was always independent, say what she want to say, and you could just tell she kind of takes a, like a, you know, meeker approach when it comes to him, and it's just like, it's not fair, and he definitely yeah. had the audacity on that moment, because fuck him. I- I was reading some comments on that episode online, and um, somebody said that it seems like she's in competition with her child. What do you think about that? Okay, so the way I see it, because they did show how he was, you know, overly, you. Now I'm not going to say, nobody can be overly into their child I'm not going to say that but I just don't I, I don't think that he has either learned the balance or cares to have the balance to kind of you know want to be the husband for her and the father mm-hmm. for, for the child I, I don't I don't think it's a competition of course people are gonna 
you know, had that raggedy ass input. But if you look at it, you can tell that he is just more, he pays more attention to the child than her. It's not about competition. It's about balance because come on now. Like if we, if she even mentioned it on their damn vacation. So they could, they're not spending time, any time together. So when the time they do get, you know, get to spend together, it's joint as a family. And I know kids change the things, but it's important for couples to definitely have that time alone and they don't get any. And he still wants the baby to come and sleep in the bed. No, that's not a competition. That's called like, we can just co-parent if you want, because you still got to keep up the relationship part. And I, I can't speak to that because I don't have any children yet, but yeah. I do know that that's important and that's how people kind of fall apart so I don't I don't think it's about her being in competition hell she pushed the baby out she is you know she wants what's best for her child and she even says that I want I want the child you know I want him to obviously love our child and you know be there for her but at the same time what about me does that mean it can only be one way no so that's my thing yeah I feel the same way he just it just doesn't seem like well we both know um from you know this perspective of long distance relationships because you know you and your husband had to spend some time apart mm-hmm. well he wasn't your husband then but you know me and my husband had to spend time apart as well and I was I was the one with the kids so we both know how you know how that works for long distance but he just seems like he is just not interested whatsoever like period and I wonder what the issue is like she's a gorgeous woman but you know that has nothing to do with anything. It could be something something else. But it seems like Ken was just so loud and boisterous. Well, not loud, but um, boisterous and outspoken and wasn't going to take no shit. But from him, it seems like she's just really, really timid. So yeah. that makes me sad. Yeah, that I can't wait to see how the season unfolds and, you know, what changes. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to our first episode of Black Girl Manifest. If you know anybody who has had the audacity and you want to vent and you want to talk about it, we'd love to hear it. We would love to hear it. You can send an email to Black Girl Manifest. That's B L K G I R L M A N I F E S T at gmail.com and we may read your vent session uh, aloud Um, Nika do you have anything else that you want to say I don't Um, just thank everybody in advance for tuning in Um, we really appreciate the support and this was fun we'll definitely be doing it again I can't wait we're going to get bigger and better and I thank y'all for listening to us so we will see you all next Monday. Bye. Bye.